brace yourself for the greatest podcast on earth. Microphones are kind of loud. We are back once again. Maybe 24 hours late. I'm not sure. This is the ATP podcast around the post. Uh, it's your boy Jay and Mark Figaroa. Uh, man, we this is episode 81. Uh, I don't know what that stands for, what that means, but uh, it's been a long time coming, man. Yes. Um, we are in the coldest season of tennis with the least tennis happening. Um, what's on your mind, man? What's new? Although it's the coldest uh, time in tennis, we still find a way to bring info for you guys. That's it. That's it. <clears throat> We're going to start with Dominic Team and Rafa Nadal could be doubtful for the Australian Open. So mm. they went to Abu Dhabi for their exhibition. Mm-hmm. Murray beat Nadal in that exhibition. Oh. And Nadal came down with COVID. Wow. And um, Dominic Team came down with flu like symptoms. Now they both ended up going back to their prospective countries. Mm-hmm. And they said that the team advised them to go back uh, before going to Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think they're going to miss the Australian Open? Nah, they this this is too early for it to be a concern. Maybe if Australian Open was like next week, this would be very concerning. But this is a this is a little startling considering it just shows you how quickly things can change. You know, um, I think that they're in, they're in a good state for us to be sure they they should make Australian. But just let you know, like man, who else is in the draw of the Australian and Imagine, you know, all it takes is one day for Djokovic to have flu-like symptoms. Gone. Whole tournament changes. So, I think that this is a... It's startling for me just to remind me... I mean, this is a little off topic, but hockey season got postponed. Yeah. COVID cases just went rampant. The whole sport paused. So, that just goes to show you, in an individual sport, it doesn't take much for one athlete to fall off the map. So... This is interesting. This is very interesting news. Now, Dominic team was scheduled to play in ATP Cup, which is in the beginning of January, mm-hmm. um, nine to ten days away, approximately. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to play in the 250 event, then playing the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. He's he pulled out of those two events. Oh, he did. He did. Wow. Now, do you still think he will play in the Australian Open? I do. I think that maybe pulling out of those two is a, a safety measure, but. It's disappointing because we do want to see him play. And I think that the old Dominic team plays as soon as he can. Yeah. The one before the U.S. Open win. That version of Dominic team is playing all of these. So it's interesting to see. this. Is this a sign to you that maybe we are seeing a new side of Dominic team and a new type of Dominic team? I think that he's being more selective on how he prepares himself. Mm -hmm. He's not going uh, just straightforward as he used to. Right. So he's prepping more. I think the injury that happened to his wrist really took a lot out of him, and now he's mm-hmm. being extremely careful. Right. Speaking of, uh, Karolina Pliskova will not play the Australian Open. She has an injury as well, 
and she mm. is out. She is one of the top contenders to win the Australian Open uh, for the past couple of years. She's uh, had top three uh, top serves in the WTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, not too many, honestly. Uh, I'm not a big, big Pliskova person. So I also think that in the WTA right now, the Australian Open, I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, I don't know if I have a guaranteed person I think will win it. Obviously, um, a healthy Barty is usually one of my favorite choices. Um, Osaka's kind of fallen out of my good graces. She's lurking around, though. Yeah, she's uh, lurking. Is she still not one of your favorites? I mean, I, I can't make her a favorite to win it. But obviously, she's a returning champion, an excellent hardcore player, a Hall of Fame athlete. You know, you can't count her out. But for me, I think that 2021 is a year that we really saw way down on Naomi Osaka slowly but surely throughout the year. And to be honest with you, Australian Open is going to let us know what to expect from her for the next season and year, which is 2022. So I'm looking forward to seeing how she handles the mental reset, the palate cleanse of coming back to the tour and what she can do with all the drama and things that happened to her in the past year. With Serena Williams also doubtful as well. Uh, it's it's pretty wide open right now. Wide open. Sabalenka is really not proven as well. Sakari though. So, yeah, she could be one. Sakari. Uh, yeah, Badosa is another one that just came out of the woodworks. Mm. Uh, so there's there's a lot of potential. Moving on, Layla Fernandez is a little disappointed. She said that she is disappointed that she lost at the U.S. Open. She said that she has worked on a couple of things and um, she is ready to make another run. Now, a lot of people have stated that she's a one and done slam finalist. Would you agree with that? I I can't say that. Um, she followed up with a pretty good run in the very next tournament, didn't she? The Indian Wells one. So, I mean, we do see momentum plays from athletes all the time. For example, um, I would say that Stan Wawrinka had a major momentum swing when he got his three slams. That's probably the best momentum swing in the history of tennis. But I do think that she's more than a one-slam wonder Especially, this is the main reason why. You know, one slam wonders are usually rampant in seasons or eras where we have really, really dominant athletes. The WTA is not that dominated right now. There's no one stopping her from doing what she did before. Right. You know, um, the person she lost to in that tournament is someone that hasn't even truly proved their longevity. So I think that she's going to be fine. I have high hopes for her. I'm yes. glad that she ha- she seems to have a mind state that she has high hopes for herself. And that means a lot as well. Yes, her toss is a bit too high. Mm. and But her strokes are very good and compact. She takes away um, time from her opponents. Mm. And she went through an extremely tough draw at the right. U.S. Open. Mm. I mean, she beat Osaka. She beat Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. She beat uh, Svitolina, no, no, uh, yeah, Svitolina, and then lost to Raducanu. She went through a lot, so uh, I wouldn't be down if I were her. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, moving on. Air Bear 
who is uh, partnered with Nicholas Mahu, he is also not going to play at the Australian Open. He has decided not to take the COVID vaccine. So he's already decided not to play. Uh, they are in the top five uh, doubles teams in the world. Are you shocked that he doesn't want to take it? Um, a little bit. I, I'm a little <laughs> curious. What's really on these athletes' minds that's making them so un- uninterested in taking this vaccine? If it means, you know, doing what they love to do for a living and, you know, making a huge amount of money, playing tennis and being on the tour. I'm not I don't dislike or like whether people want to take the vaccine. It doesn't really phase me, but I just put myself in their shoes. And if I'm a professional tennis player on the tour, to me, the vaccine is a no brainer. That's just me being honest, you know, Um, obviously, um, with things like COVID or the coronavirus, these are things where if you do have an extremely strong immune system, you can you have the you have the luck of being able to be indifferent about whether or not you need the vaccine. You know, you don't really care because you you probably have the arrogance of if I do get this, I'm going to weather the storm and be just fine. And if I don't get it, cool, you know, which means why would I go out of my way to get the vaccine? But the second there's an incentive for me to be able to do my career. That's all I need to hear, you know, so it's a little surprising to me from that perspective. But if I'm these athletes, all I know is I'm getting that vaccine knocked out and I'm going to the Australian Open. And the last thing I want to do is look back in 10 years at my career and go uh, 2020 and 2021. I missed a few grand slams because I thought I was too good for the vaccine. Yeah, that's logical thinking. A lot of these uh, guys just have their own beliefs. So, yeah, it's just hard to press on them. Mm -hmm. But Sissy Pass is a guy that we've been I think he's taking the Osaka train pretty much. We've talked about Osaka a lot, but I Mm -hmm. think Sissy Pass is taking the the rain. But he was an anti-vaxxer, but I believe that he took the vaccine to play at the Australian Open. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You want to be an anti-vaxxer? Cool. You're probably an extremely healthy guy, an extremely fit guy. If you did get COVID, the odds of you surviving are extremely high. But do you want to be a legend or not? Do you want to get these slams or not? Do you want your rematch with Djokovic or not? Do you want to win the Australian or not? You know, all these things are no, it's a no brainer if I'm CeCePa. If I'm some Joe Schmo on the tour who's struggling to make ends meet, it's a no brainer to go to this tournament. You know, this is an opportunity to get in the first round, maybe even get a win from all the guys who didn't want to be there. Just a lot of incentive, in my opinion, to get the vaccine and play ball. So obviously the only thing that is discouraging is dealing with like the bubble and you know that kind of stuff if you're an established pro who makes a lot of money already maybe you do skip this tournament and go i don't want to deal with the bubble situation but that's about it yeah i agree with you mm-hmm. before we get to the atp awards we have the 2021 tour win leaders mm-hmm. now we have medvedev ended up with uh, 63 wins in the year mm-hmm. uh, zverev ended up with 59 Casper Rudd with 57, Djokovic and Tsitsipas tied at 55. Wow. Are you shocked at those numbers? Uh, I'm surprised Medvedev had so the most. I I don't know if it felt like he was playing that much tennis. But yeah, I mean, he had an amazing year and he won a lot of matches. So 
That makes perfect sense. And maybe the U.S. Open helped him kind of edge it out. He had a great season. And obviously, all the guys with the most wins are the guys that we think of first when we think of this year. So, right. You know, I, it's good. I'm not shocked about Casper Rudd. He played every single tournament yeah. possible in the clay season. Mm-hmm. So I'm not shocked at all. But um, And Djokovic really didn't play a lot. When it wasn't the big tournaments, he really didn't play a lot. Yeah. So, But the fact that he's up there really says that every time he entered a tournament, he, he made deep runs. I was going to say, he's in the final anytime he's in a tournament, basically. So, right. Yeah, it makes sense. So, moving on, the ATP Awards. We have the doubles. Uh, this was voted by the fans. The doubles team of the year was Air Bear and Mahout. And we just, as I just told you guys, Air Bear will not play at the Australian Open. Now, this is an interesting one. Roger Federer ended up being voted the most, uh, the best uh, tennis player on the tour for the 19th straight year by the fans. What are your thoughts on that? He shouldn't even have been an option. (laughs) I love Roger Federer. Uh, if you're a listener of this podcast, or if you know me personally, you know I am team better to my core. But at the end of the day, he had a terrible season, you know, unhealthy, injured. When he did show up, he barely got through the tournament walking. You know, this guy is basically on a cane this year in crutches, so he shouldn't have been an option. Um, it sounds like he won the most popular player award. Sure. But no, he did not. He was not a better player than anyone you named earlier on that top wins list this year. He was not a better player than Medvedev, Djokovic, Kasper Ruud, uh, Stefano Sissipas, none of these guys. So it's a little confusing, but it is nice to know he still loved. Yes. It's also a little concerning that the guys who are out there at all these tournaments all year round, winning and losing, fighting, having the matches of the year are still not fan favorites. Um, It's a little alarming because it's only a matter of time before Federer is off the tour and Nadal is off the tour. And the guy, these guys are the ones still winning all the votes. So that's, that's a little worrying for me because I do think that if the WTA had the same exact voting, I don't know if Serena's winning that vote, you know, and that would be my comparable name. I think that there are younger players on the WTA who have our attention. So, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate, but mm-hmm. Medvedev is a great, great player. Mm-hmm. Awesome player. His strokes are just so ugly, though. They're hideous. His forehand especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, he tries to do a Nadal version mm-hmm. of the whip, That's but nasty. he doesn't do it. And then he sort of swings his arm around his face area, mm-hmm. and sometimes he loses his balance. Mm-hmm. So it's just not pretty to watch. And honestly, Stefano Sissipas probably is the most cleanest player of the new gen mm-hmm. or the next gen, but people don't like him because of the antics that he's pulled. Mm-hmm. So that's on them. Yeah. So, and then we all, we all know Djokovic is not like that at all. Yeah, so. he's always struggled with popularity. So. Right. Yeah. So, moving on to the more awards, Nadal wins the Sportsmanship Award. Are you shocked by that? Not at all. Like I said, Nadal and Federer run, run all voting systems, and, you know, they deserve whatever comes to them. They're, they're great gentlemen, great athletes. They're professionals. Good for them. 
Yes, I'm not shocked by that at all. As a matter of fact, he's been interviewed a lot due to the mental health. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was even stating that uh, Tony Nadal, his uh, prior coach's uncle, wouldn't allow him to crack a racket when he was a child. Mm -hmm. And if you see him, when he gets extremely frustrated, he doesn't hit a ball. He just puts his hand on his hip and Mm -hmm. walks around. That's it. He won't toss a a racket, nothing. Let's say this, though. Um... Let's say Nadal can't get this award. Who would be your next pick? I know mine. Wow, that's a tough one because Murray, lately, he could be it, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He used to be a head case, but I think he's come around. Mm -hmm. Uh, Federer would probably be it. There's no way Djokovic is going to be it at all. Mine would be Tiafo. Okay, that's fair. He's been a very lighthearted, positive athlete with his opponents, with the staff, and he had a great season. I think he had his own personal best season for himself. So he'd probably be my pick for Sportsman of the Year if it weren't for Nadal being Nadal. Right. Yeah. And then we got the newcomer of the year was Jensen Brooksby. Are you shocked by that? Hmm. I mean, he had a good uh, third and fourth quarter of the year. So I'll give it to him. He can have it. Yes. Uh he had a great third, uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, was uh, it Indian Wells? Yes. That he had a really good run. U.S. Open, he took Djokovic yeah. to the limit. Mm. Um, he had a, a deep run in Europe, mm-hmm. in Mets, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he, he earned he earned his keep. Yeah. Now, the most improved player of the year went to none other than the legend himself, King Aslan Karetsev. Mm-hmm. Are you mm. shocked by that? Love this choice. I am such a big Caretta fan. Um, not only does he use one of my favorite rackets, I love his style of play, and I love that he just came out of nowhere, and he didn't go anywhere after he came. He showed up at the Australian Open, and he maintained a fairly quality level of play the entire season, which is so hard to do, especially when you're not the youngest athletes on the tour. So... For Karetsev, um, I'm a big fan. I love what you're doing out there. And I'm hoping that you have another amazing year. And, you know, give me at least a couple more. Yes. Uh, honestly, it's hands down. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Um, just as a reminder, he had to qualify just to get into the Australian Open. He won three <sighs> rounds wow. in the conditions that they had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Going into the Australian Open, he was 114 in the world. So that's where he started in the year. Mm-hmm. He won three rounds, beating Schwartzman, Ali Asim, and Dimitrov before falling to Djokovic. Look, Ali Asim is my guy. I am an Ali Asim stan. It hurt when Aslan beat him, but I respected him and became a fan after. Then, he beat... Rublev, who had the most 500 victories uh, of all time. Mm -hmm. And he beat him to break, to snap the record. And then he also won that tournament. So that was huge. And then Mm -hmm. the biggest one of all is he goes to Djokovic's home turf in his brother's tournament and beats him on clay in Serbia. So... What else can you ask for? Oh, and that's probably considered the best match of the year with the length that it was over three and a half hours in mm. a two out of three set. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to give it to him. You have to. So <clears throat> with that being said, that concludes this episode unless you have something to add. Um, no, nah, I think that's pretty good for this week. It's a slow, uh, slow tennis season. I was thinking maybe next week we could do uh, our follow-up year predictions. Okay. Uh, so maybe we could talk about... Um, I've seen this little game that people play where they they read the rankings, the year-end rankings for the current year, and then they try to guess the year-end rankings for the following year. Um, so I'm really interested in us trying to do that. And I have a, a really cool little preface we can do for it. So we'll read 2020's year-end top 10. Then we'll read 2021's and see how it changed. Then reading both of those, we'll try to guess together 2022's year-end top 10. Okay. And uh, maybe we'll, at the end of 2022, we can go over and see how accurate we were. Fair enough. So that'll be something fun to do. Maybe we could also talk about maybe some matches of the year, shots of the year, and maybe talk about how the, t- the game's evolving. You know, a lot of stuff that's not so current eventy. Yeah. And then uh, we'll try to come up with more info for you guys. Sounds like a plan. So with that being said, I hope you guys were entertained and Merry Christmas. Jingle Bells ATV.